Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this. This is episode, I think, 14, but I'll have to check of the Stromcast. It's been a little while. We've got a backlog of these that I need to get through, and it has just been because I've been busy, so I do apologize for that. Um, tonight, we've got Mike from Elite FTS UK on. Mike is someone that's been coming and harassing me for three or four months now, maybe five months, um, and we bought some kit off him. And the reason I wanted to talk to Mike, Mike is effectively, although he may, he may take offense to this, a salesman, for Elite FTS or a marketing director is probably a, a better word for it. But what Mike has managed to do is sell me a very specialist, very expensive bit of kit that I don't need through his ability to build relationships with brands. And actually, it's becoming something that I'm really excited about. And there's an announcement coming in the next week or so, probably by the time this podcast comes out, about some business going back and forth between the two companies. Um, but the bit that is useful, because the Stromcast has always been about putting out useful information um, for people, is Mike's knowledge around marketing relationship building between businesses, business to business and business to consumer. So if you could just introduce yourself, Mike, with a little bit of background on who you are and what you do, that would be fantastic. Okay, but so uh, firstly, thanks very much for having me on. You know, I'm a, a fan of Strom even before we started talking stuff like that. So it's awesome to be uh, on the podcast. So I've been working with Elite FTS in one guise or another for God, it must be nearly two years. So just after they came to the UK, obviously the business has been going in the US for 22 years, five years, sorry. Um, and we've been in the UK just over two. So I originally started to work with them when they very first came here. Um, I owned a marketing agency. We did a lot of work with them, the startup and things like that. Um, as time had gone on, I've come on board with them and had um, a bit more of a direct role in and the sales on the marketing side um, for just about anything and everything that we, we do with the company. Uh, it's like myself, um, who's in the north, there's our CEO uh, of the UK side, Stu, who's based down south. We also have all our manufacturing, web, um, warehousing, logistics, etc., all right down south as well. So, and yeah, game, um, you know, bud. Yep. In a nutshell, for those who don't know, what is Elite FTS? Elite FTS is, the best way I can use to describe it is it's strength, training uh, equipment apparel accessories um for somebody who would put um strength or training within their top three to five priorities in life i changed that div take who owns the company uh, one of the very first people at west side went through a few um and then started the company 25 years ago used to say that the companies for people who place strength in the top three priorities in their life Everything else under that, there is a lot of companies out there who will cater uh, recreational hobbyists, people just looking to get fit, etc. That's not what we do. It's for people who are very, very serious about the training. So getting inhumanly strong, being like the best that can be, like setting records, you know, that kind of stuff. So pretty much everybody yeah, listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. If you're looking for somebody to do a couple of biceps curls and 10 minutes of cardio wearing the latest Gymshark, we are not for you. Like and that's just being asked. Yeah, no, and that's um, I love anything that has a premium feel to it. Like I love expensive cars, expensive watches, although I don't have any um, MacBooks. Anything that's got that kind of premium feel to it, and um, and that's something that I really like about the Elite FTS kit. It's also the reason that I wouldn't have considered buying any of it if Mike hadn't put the time in building a relationship with us, because. Our gym, as those of you who listen to this will probably know, is not a commercial gym. I make no money from it on a business level, spending um, 
several thousand pounds on a posterior chain developer makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And I'm hoping that Mike will explain why that was a useful and good thing to do. Um, because it, it feeds into various other aspects of what we do at Strom. Um, and it helps me and Reese and the other people that are on our team. Uh, that piece of kit specifically is to help strengthen up our lower backs, which me and Reese have both specifically had a problem with. Um, but what it also does is gives us access to something that I believe there are no others in the UK of at the moment. No. So basically, there's our posterior change about our PCD is a hybrid of both a glute ham raise um, and a reverse hyper. Now, there's a lot of reverse hypers out there. Um, obviously, in the US, it's a patent that's owned by Louis Simmons of Westside Babel, and there's some other here that are licensed from him. But most that I've seen, with a couple of exceptions, um, aren't very good. Now, the PCD is an all-in-one that we've designed. And if anybody who hasn't seen it or seen the, the one at Strom, for example, is a large piece of serious kit. You know, it's not something that you are getting in your garage at home. No, it was 140 kilos. It required yeah. a forklift to get it into place. Um, it's not had to yeah. be bolted down in any way, shape, or form. It's not going anywhere. No, um, and it's you know the, uh, at the barbecue and barbells, we've seen some very large people try attempt to do Nordic curls on it, and thankfully it didn't move. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> you know we absolutely didn't want that to happen. But uh, yeah, it's a very serious bit of kit. It's developed the well, posterior chain, you know. Uh, all that kind of stuff which about people who are very serious about picking up very heavy things you know is the one um when it comes to how we design kit and things like that it feeds in very well i think one of the things that appeal to you is that the very similar thing of the never settle yeah. so from a business standpoint you like it's terrible because you will never replace that pcd we do a lifetime guarantee on our framework so you will never ever replace it you will not be phoning me in three years and go oh mike this is worn out or this has done that can i have another one please like that'll be it unless like we bring out a you know a 2.0 version that has something super shiny on it but even then it's you know pretty unlikely so it's about designing stuff that's for lifters that last forever basically you know and they appreciate like small details yeah. which thankfully we've got so when it comes to the way we design kit is we put for people who can't understand like obviously the strong brand and things like that we put a lot of the same thought in how we design product you know me and you've joked in the past that you design products for stuff that you like Absolutely. Um, and, and you know what i wish you. more people did yeah um and with very same it's like small details that you don't realize till somebody points it out to you you know like um the size of J cups when like you're lifting off on a bench, um, the pads on certain things, like you don't realize till you put somebody who's like recent size on a decent pad that they think, holy shit, I've been on shit pads all my life. Um, I'll give somebody knee sleeves when they've used like another brand's knee sleeves that fall a bit after stuff like that. So it's about winning people through basically giving them the best quality of equipment and not trying to shy away from that. If you want, you know, cheaper things or stuff that's like of a different quality, that's absolutely fine. There's a lot of people out there in the market who cater for that. Same as you know yourself, there's lots of people who can give you cheap crap supplements. But there will always be people who want the Ferrari. And even the people yeah. that can afford the Ferrari, 
they still want it. They still look to it yeah. for yeah. an example of best in breed. Yeah. Um, um, and that's the difference, you know, I mean, there's nothing like, I always joke that, you know, you know, me and you were joking the other day, like I drive a Ford and you have a very, very nice car. Like I, w I would absolutely love to have a very nice car, but I can afford what I have. Um, say that like I wouldn't like to swap it at some point for a very very nice car or a Ferrari or something like yeah. that if I had the opportunity I would always look towards that and I think it's one of those things that you know you should always be looking to that next thing yeah well that's the whole never settle thing that like the day I sit down and go hey you know what this is all right that's the day I'm fucked because that's the day that things stop moving forward um, yeah because there's somebody just behind you who waiting for you to do it Courses and that applies. You know, there's somebody who's life. That applies to business. That applies yeah. to lifting. Um, the the thing your your kind of background in is in marketing. Yep. And um, mm. if if somebody came to you and I asked this because I got asked a couple of questions on the Q and A yesterday that I didn't cover, um, and and that's quite often because a lot of people will message me say that they. I'm thinking of starting a supplement shop. What should I do? And um, yeah. I don't know. It seems like a bit of a funny question to ask me. I, uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go to I don't know my plumber and say I'm thinking of being a plumber. Well, maybe that's a different example because it's it's a very there's a lot of work out there for for plumbers. But you know what I mean. It's I I don't necessarily know how to answer that because um, it seems like a strange question to ask. Um. um. Yeah, but I can understand where people are kind of where they are and they have a passion for the industry and they might be like, you know, um, on the side where they find nutrition and supplementation stuff very interesting. They look to you guys and think, I would love something like that. You know what I mean? I would love to be that. But what they don't kind of realize is, A, it's incredibly tough industry to be like, you know, there's a lot of people who want to be resellers of supplements and they have a shelf life as a business of, yeah. well, even starting a business, what, what you're on, it's like 70% of all businesses fail in the first year, 50% in the first yeah. three or something like that. Um, We've been going for, for 12 years now and yeah. on two occasions, Strom has disappeared for a year. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not been it, plain sailing. I certainly think within supplements at the moment, um, it's a very, very saturated market, particularly for resellers. And I think if I yep. wanted to bring a brand out now, or if, if Strom didn't exist and I came into the market now, I wouldn't bring a brand out because you all know. of the products that I wanted are now in the market in some form or another. I'm not yeah. saying that's because of Strom, but certainly we were the first to do Neuro, the first to do um, like a really good on-cycle support product. Um, Hydromax is pretty unique. But but there are versions of all of the things that I would want in the market available now. Whereas when I started, they didn't exist, which was why we started doing our own our own things. Um, but there are certain guidelines, I think, that you could set out to anybody who's looking at starting a small business in terms of the way you market yeah. and present yourself. Um, so I'd be interested to know your insights there. So the first thing is kind of going back to what we touched on briefly there is get your brand in who you want to be long term sorted like at the beginning like you've always been very kind of i want to make stuff that i use and i will like you know you recent you know the people on team strong now there's a very tempting thing as time goes on to have shiny object syndrome you know as opportunities present themselves and think on oh you know what actually i'll just do this or i'll try developing this type of product or actually i can use this type of 
product and up my margin by five or six. I'm using a cheap product and those kind of things. Yeah. Well, it's, a really good example. It never works out. A really good example would be Aperol. So we do the belts mm. because I wanted a belt. And we've got mm. lifting straps coming. Um, and the people who make those make decent quality. I won't name the brand, but they make the kit for a brand that I think are all right, that I think are pretty decent, and they could they could brand mm -hmm. those products as ours. But they wouldn't yep. be truly best in field. They would be decent. I'd use them, but they're not the best. And I, I'm fairly comfortable in saying over the last two or three months um, that I would consider the Elite FTS apparel to be some of the best you can get in the UK. Um, I must admit, I haven't used SBD kit personally, but yep. beyond that, I've tried pretty much everything else. Um, I'm using the Elite FTS wrist straps at the moment. Really, really impressed with them. So we came to the decision uh, today, I think we formally agreed it, that we're going to take on a range of Elite FTS apparel. And this is what I was saying about yep. four or five years ago, I started Strom, the supplements that we use for ourselves, because there weren't those options in the market. By that mm -hmm. same breath, that I would like to sell apparel but there's an option available to me that i think are really good and i certainly yeah. i certainly don't think i could improve on them i could make something that is similar i could make something that's maybe a tier below um and by me make yeah. i mean i could pay a man in another country to do it but i certainly yeah. couldn't bring something out that's better and if i can't do something that's better i don't see the point in doing it yeah and there's the cliche saying isn't it that you want to be you know, in business to market, you want to be the first or you want to be the best. Yeah. So if you can't be the very first, then you want to improve on what's already out there. So, and obviously, you know, yourselves and Elite FTS, a company that's grown all the time, it didn't just jump into the size that it, they are now. There was a lot of time that had to go through that where an unbelievable belief in the product stood. Like if you go back even 5, 10, 15 years and look at powerlifting, you know, the chances are everybody who's buying Elite FTS equipment knew everybody else by name, even in the US, because the market was probably that small. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, maybe like, you know, very, very similar to what the UK market is now, you know, as powerlifting goes, it's still very niche sport and it is like a lot of people know the same kind of people. Yeah. So my first bit of advice would be figure out what you're going to be. And if you can't be better or different, then put some serious thought into what you're going to do. Don't just, definitely don't start a business to try and market business if you just think it's going to make you money because it just won't work. Am I allowed to be really negative and say if you can't do something better and you can't do something different, don't bother? Yeah, and I, I will say that I think that 99% of people who want to start a business shouldn't fucking bother. Like, and I, I don't mean this negatively, but I just don't think a lot of people realize what goes into it, like long term. You know, like we briefly spoke about, like, you no, know, you mentioned there, like, Strong disappeared, you know, for a couple of years yeah. and things like that. Like, there's not a lot of people who would have been able to, like, you know, hold the breath or suck it up and come back after a year and keep pushing forward. Well, my ex wife relieved me of it the first time. Um, yeah. Certainly the first two years of Strom and its current guys. I took for the first six months, I took nothing out of it. And then I think I took a wager between six and 800 pounds a month after that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's only really in the last 12 months that I've taken what I would consider a healthy salary, maybe 18, yeah, the last yeah. 18 months. And like similar, like if, I, you know, for myself, when it comes to elite FTS, when I very, very started working for the company, I had a conversation with Dave Tate. Like I've known Dave for a, a good few years and had a conversation with him about marketing and I basically said to him look 
if you give it to me and I do a good job, then we'll talk about something else. But give it me for a set period of time and I'll show you what we can do. Yeah. And if you think we're good, we'll have a chat. If you think I'm shit, then you know you can block me and you'll never see me and you haven't lost anything. And yeah. you'll own have an intellectual rights for everything we do, blah, 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 blah. So there's not many people who in this day and age, because I sound old as fuck there. Um, you are old. Would do. I am old. I think actually we're the same age. How old are you? I'm 37. No, you're much older than me. Good. Much older? Yes, you're much older. How old are you, Richard? How, how old are you, Richard? 32. Fuck off. I thought 32. you were older than that. All right, okay. A lot of steroids. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Where, you know, I've taken none and look youthful and amazing. Um, <laughs> Pump breath, innit? Um, yeah, yeah. God. Um, if, I'm looking forward to seeing what. Is it next weekend? This weekend. Or this weekend. This weekend, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it because obviously I saw your PBE attempts and stuff and at the strong day, so I think you're going to smash it, mate, to be honest. Uh, well, uh, I'm quietly confident. Um, I feel pretty rough off the uh, off the orals, which I've added in the last two weeks, um, which is which is one of those things. I had my last heavy session last week, and that felt really good. I tried out on Monday. I had my last speed session, new wraps that you gave me. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're a little softer than the first ones you gave me. Yeah, I think I'd give you first super heavy, and then I think I'd give you create ones, which are like our medium ones, I think. Yeah, um, and I like those. The super heavies are great for a single, but they are like you mm-hmm. put on, do the rep, and then you get them the fuck off. Um, yeah, you actually can't feel your fingers anymore. Like yeah. We do say on the website, like, these are not a comfortable thing. Yeah, no, I mean, they're absolutely fit for purpose. It's just you've got to really understand what that purpose is, and it is not doing sets of five. Um, no. So the crates are really, really nice, and they will probably become my my kind of standard go-to wrap for, for 90% of my work. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, go on, sorry, I sidetracked there. With, uh, sorry, I do that all the time. Chapel comps. Uh, so marketing stuff that I would recommend. Um, the first is that, know who you're going to be. Make sure you're getting in for the right reasons. And then the last is like, I hate to use the term be patient, but you know, build a community around about what you're doing. Yeah. Like there's an article, I can't remember what the bloke's name was when he was the editor of Esquire magazine, he wrote a great article called A Thousand True Fans. If you search for it on Google, it'll pop straight up. Uh, and it's basically saying that if you have a thousand true fans in your business, you will always be in business because they will just fucking buy whatever you put out. And you guys have got them, you know what I mean? There's people, no matter what you put out, um, and I'm actually one of them for the brand, Will. We're extremely lucky um, in the trust people put in us and, and the, the support people give us. Um, and you're right, there are people who, when we bring stuff out, will go, I don't even need to know what's in it. I'll pre-order it. Um, and that's, yep. that's a position that has always made me slightly uncomfortable because you've only got to get that wrong once. Yeah. You know, you've only got to, well, you've only got to hit the... So the, the digestive product that you've trialed, that has yep. gone to production. It'll be two, maybe three months. Um, yep. Which is, and, like, you know, a fantastic thing. Yeah, but we found in, in some of the testers, going straight in at full serving can give them a, a funny tummy. Um, yeah. So we've had to stress on the top two or three places, you know, please start at a half serving. For some people, a half serving will be all you ever need. And I know there will be people who won't read the tub. We'll just go in at a full serving a couple of times a day. We'll get a bad stomach and then we'll complain. I know that's going to happen. So well, it's, being it's the same as glycomax, isn't it? Where no matter how many times you say start one capsule, work your way up. No, I'm just going to take five for yeah, every five, That's what it says. That is and clinical. Then, um, it's the same with this. Yeah, yeah. It's the clinical dose of every ingredient, but people forget the entourage effect. So 
when, a, when people talk about clinical dose with a supplement, and I realize I'm getting sidetracked now, um, that clinical dose will always be that ingredient studied on its own in isolation. And when you've got four ingredients that are all trying to do the same thing, you don't necessarily need the clinical dose of each one of those ingredients to achieve the optimal result. However, yeah, yeah. If you don't put the clinical dose of an ingredient in at the moment. Uh, you get slated for it, which is why with the digestive product, we've had to do it so that one full serving gives you a clinical dose of everything. But for a lot of people, a half serving will be fine. Yeah. And, and you try you know, going back to as talk a less massive person. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pro I would probably argue, unless you've given it when you feed, even if you give it females, I am probably the smallest person that has trialed the product, I imagine. Um, I think it's great. Uh, I played around with half serving to try. They moved up to one serving a day, and I did try two serving, like just to see what would happen. But I don't, definitely don't recommend that. Um, lots of. But I did notice, uh, yeah, yeah, I did notice a big difference though. If you don't take it for a couple of days, so it's brilliant to take one serving, take it at the same time every day. Yeah. Um, but as we were talking about before, like I had trust in the product, like we talked about it, and you kind of told me what it is and what was in it. Gave me a tub with a label on it, and I just started taking it. And then as soon as I start, like other, like down the first serving, I thought. Rick could have just literally gave me you anything. Anything, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I just like, just complete blind trust in it. You know what I mean? Like I took it and it literally, what, like the sample to most people have seen. The only time I've um, that position of trust is with Badger. And I, if you put betralanine in, in like a hot drink, like a tea or a coffee, it dissolves to nothing. You can't yeah. tell it's there. So I put about 20 grams of betralanine yeah. in his tea once. Jesus Christ. Really unpleasant. So he was just... Yeah, tingling for days. <laughs> um, but yeah, but again, it goes back to like, you know, people trusting you, like, and having faith in the product when you do it. Uh, so, exactly, something that we do for some of our products is we let people try them. Not massive things like monoliths and PCDs and stuff like that, but if they've got like certain bars in the gym, like a classic example, our stiff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what? It's a system uh, that works, and it also means that you don't end up getting feeling like you've been ripped off because Elite FTS were kind enough to lend us the uh, cambered bar and the safety squat bar. Is it a cambered bar? Yeah, we call it a cambered bar because it's like a football bar or a multi grip bar. Most yeah. people know and, and I like it, but for the amount of use we would get out of it when I prefer just normal straight benching, it's probably not worth the investment for us. But the safety yep. squat bar, something that I didn't consider we needed because we already had to. Uh, we decided to buy that because it's just such an impressive piece of kit. Yeah, and it's one of those where we kind of say to people, they go, oh, well, I've got one. You know what I mean? Even if they've got a rogue one or something like that, which, I, you know, I don't mind saying that. Look, try ours if you, for a month. If you don't like it, just give me it back. It's no problem. Yeah. Um, I'll come and pick it up. The uh, Going back to kind of starting a business thing, I was talking to, I'm sure you won't mind me saying, Will Carver the other day is one of our athletes, and he's... He's kind of bored of working for other people and he's wanting to start a business. And I get that entirely. I couldn't work for someone else now. I, I don't think I'd last a week. Um, and um, the, the thing I said is that you've got to be prepared to work. And if you ever sit down and work out how many hours you're doing versus what you're earning, you know, you're on. <laughs> and the honest answer is I couldn't do it now. I couldn't go back and do what no. I did when I was 25. No. Like, it's... it's what in in volume of work that you were doing in, just in volume of work yeah i used to get up yeah i used to get up do my i did my food prep at night sorry but i used to get up in the morning go and do cardio normally go and train at my normal gym drive into town work for sky tv for the day eat all my prepped food cold didn't bother me um and then i would finish work so I, the gym i'd go to in the morning would be my normal gym to train 
And then in the evening, I would go to a different gym every night. You know, I'd travel 10, 15, 20 miles. And I'd go and talk to people because I used to have a boot full of, um, I used to sell short dated and bankrupt stock. That's how Strom started the, the second time around. Mm-hmm. And I would go to these yeah. other gyms just to kind of chat to people and say, look, you know, what supplements do you use? Is there anything you need a hand with? I'd train a little bit. I was that annoying guy selling supplements at the gym. Um, mm-hmm. And to build a kind of network of people. And then I used to also advertise on Facebook. And um, I, I did a YouTube. If you go on our old YouTube videos, there's YouTube videos. I kind of do a stock update once a week and share that to Facebook. And I deliver stuff around locally after I trained. I'd get home, I'd do my food prep. Um, and I'd normally get in at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Um, and I did that nonstop for about probably probably six months. I did all of it. I physically mm-hmm. couldn't do that now. I'm absolutely shattered now. I didn't get, I didn't get up until 8 o'clock this morning. I haven't trained today. I've had a relatively easy day at work. And I am shattered because I'm old now. Gross. Yeah, and growth, yeah. But I think when you start, you've got that. If you're starting and you're doing it for the right reasons, I remember being so excited every day to wake up and, and, and get as much done as I could. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And that feeling doesn't last forever. So if you get it with a project, if you get find a project and you can't wait to get that next piece of the puzzle done, then don't stop. Yeah. I had uh, somebody years ago tell me, um, I'm sure he stole a quote from someone. You know me, I fucking, I, I love a cliche quote, but uh, if it's... Ki- if it's keeping you up at night, isn't it time you do something about it? Or it's something like, if the last thing you think about before you sleep, the first thing you think about wake up, isn't it time you did something about it or something like that? Yeah. And it's kind of like, if you don't have that, if you don't have like this really just unrelenting, annoying thing, you're making a funny face there, Richard. My computer on the other side of the room just turned itself on. Okay. Ghost, old house. Maybe. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I don't believe in ghosts for the record, but, you know, could be. It is an old... I, I do, so I have in this room, I've got my laptop with the banner behind me. It's just an old laptop with a webcam. Mm-hmm. And then I have my obnoxious gaming rig over there. Um, mm-hmm. And it's massive and covered in lights. And it's just turned on for no reason. It's very strange. It must say, use me, use me. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think that's is, uh, something that... I think people get started for the wrong reasons. I'm sick of working for something else. I want to earn some money, blah, blah, blah. These, like, you know, it's, I'm terrible at work for somebody else. People love to be motivational on Instagram and post quotes about, um, and this is something where I get a little bit riled up. Um, People love to put, you know, take a risk, go and do it. There are scenarios where taking a risk is appropriate and there are scenarios where there are. Um, Yeah. You, for example, have a family and a child. Um, and if you have a whim of an idea, dropping everything and going and giving it a go, I would say is perhaps a little bit irresponsible. If you live at home, yeah. you're 21, and your only responsibility is the rent you pay your parents or whatever, that's probably the ideal time to take that risk. Yeah. Um, it's it's it situation-dependent and person-dependent. Yeah, but I think there's like there is like a room that a lot of people are like you know you were working at Sky when you started you know there's this whole thing now on Instagram so you just got to go all in. And then I did. I did not a real I did both for seven or eight months, and I ended up. I think I got pulled in for a disciplinary about a month before because people were complaining that I was having customers come to see me about strong things when I was at Sky, um, and then when they had the follow up for the disciplinary, they said, "Look, you know, um, you need to you need to knock that on the head entirely." And I said, well, in that case, then I'm, I'm going to go. 
Um, and, and it was probably a little bit unfair on my employer because I was burning the candle at both ends. Um, but certainly for six months, I did that without it interfering. And the only reason that it became a problem was because the, the business had grown to a point where it was a problem. If the business had never grown, it never would have become a problem and leaving Sky would have been the wrong move. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of like kind of stuff in between. Like I know people who work for a long period of time doing stuff like they do bar work or, or they deliver pizzas or, yeah, you know, or an Uber driver. I probably used to think that. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I moved to Shropshire... But they're not, that's the thing, like... Yeah. And you've got it, like... It, and sometimes it's the little stuff like that that sometimes makes a difference. Like, even on in business and when you're in a job and stuff like that, like, I could have, like, picked up the phone to you, you know, and tried to, like, you know... Like, I know, and reached out and stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm a customer strong. Can I sell you some shit? You'd be like that. Not really, mate. We're not a gym. Yeah. Like, and... You know, and there's you probably get bombarded all day long. You know, we've had the conversation about people going, I want to be sponsored by Strom. I have 10,000 Instagram followers. You know, you're like, so fuck. Like, what's that to me as a business? Um, Every single person I imagine has been somebody who has been sending customers to us anyway, not because they wanted something. Uh, I don't think in the case of any of our athletes because they wanted something, because they used the products and they wanted people to get results. Yeah. Um, That's it. And yeah, and it's uh, for some reason I don't uh, like you know me and you joked about it recently, but there's a lot of people who don't understand that the people will just send somebody to something because it is a good product, you know. There's like I love your product. Being a cons- having been a consumer, there is nothing worse than recommending something to someone and and it being shit. Yeah, you know, and and it's, 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 if, I mean, I, I, even as a retailer, it's the same. If I recommend joint to someone and they come back and they say it hasn't helped which has happened on one occasion that I know of. Um, I'll even tell you who it was. It was Louise from Cardiff Sports Nutrition. She, she hasn't felt that it's helped with her, um, her knees. Um, that's the only occasion that I can think of personally. It's gutting. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm really disappointed for them. Um, it is. And by the same token, if that person turned around and says, you know, I've, I've used that with the amount of extra we get back joint saying that it's really helped. It's a really good feeling, and it's no different if you're just recommending something to a friend. If you recommend a friend something and it's shit, you feel like a cunt. Yeah, um, and like we, like you know, we are to lead FTS. I sound like an American ad, um, but you know, like if something goes wrong, like shit keeps me up at night. You know, like if there's something that I need to sort out and stuff like that, which you have used on previous occasions to wind me up, like with great success. Well, um, I mean, it's still not fixed, is it? Shut up tomorrow, um, between t- 10 and 12. <laughs> um, also, what we talked about, the stuff today is already in the post here. So, um, I haven't paid you yet. I trust you, Donna. Well, yeah, but I'd still like an invoice, otherwise, I'll spend that money on something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pass from the super. Did you get the updates um, from Reese? Yeah, I'll get, yeah, all that sorted, mate. Same. Um, all that kind of stuff, yeah, no problem at all, but yeah. But, Going back to that, like small stuff like that does bother me if I can't sort it. You know what? If it doesn't like that. bother I think, someone, if it doesn't bother someone, they shouldn't be doing the job. Yeah. Um, well, certainly they shouldn't and, be running a business. It's a little bit different if someone's an employee. I accept. You know what? If there's a problem at work, when Reese clocks off, it's not his problem. But yeah. You know yeah. What? He would still care, but he doesn't have to. Yeah. I know, and it's kind of like, and again, it's. Being honest with yourself and knowing, like, if you want that thing where you 
go in and you might be amazing at your job and graft from nine to five or whatever it is and then switch off and go and play with your kids. That's absolutely fine. Um, as long as you're happy with that just being a nine to five. Yes. You know what I mean? As long, and I think that's the thing, as long as you're happy, we <laughs> nearly, uh, Rick's nearly fallen off his chair, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, um, if it's making you happy, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anyone else is saying. Like, is a happiest lad out? No. Is a delivery driver for like DHL? Just do, like, you know, listens to podcasts, poodles around in his car. I won't say his name because he's not meant to listen to podcasts <laughs> in, in the van. Um, but loves it. Listens to his music, listens to podcasts, you know, comes in, picks his packages up, delivers them. Um, oh, absolutely. Off. And it's Larry. something I've talked about with a few of my friends. I suppose, much as it pains me to admit, I'm in a position now where I could be classed as reasonably successful. Apparently, we're not a small business anymore. We're now a medium business. Um, and, and having some money and being busy doesn't make you happy. What it does make is it makes it, it makes problems a lot less stressful like if your car blows up or your washing machine broke breaks um or you you want to do something that you've never been able to do before it makes those things easier none of those things make you happy but when they go wrong and you can't afford to fix it they they, that can make you quite stressed and quite sad um Uh, especially over a prolonged period of time you know like these yeah well certainly um anybody who knew strom when we very first started I moved to Shrewsbury with, with very little money and a car that barely worked. Um, and, 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 you know, you're hanging by a thread in that scenario. If the car blew up, I would have been completely shattered. Um, yeah. So it's nice for that not to be such a problem. Um, but goal, goals are a funny thing. Goals in business are a funny thing. Um, so I was just looking at the list of things that you sent to talk about, which we've yeah. kind of varied, skirted around lots of different bits and bobs. Um, was there anything else on there you wanted to cover particularly? Actually, like gritty stuff about business, I think it'd be that I don't think a lot of people talk about, you know what I mean? Like, especially when it comes to stuff like, you know, um, being properly prepared to know what actual business is, you know, what you need to do, financial planning, what your finances looks like, you know, ins and outs of your business. It's like we're joking about invoicing there, but yeah. you know, it's like knowing where things are, that kind of thing. Like it's very popular in the moment for people to raise money to start a business, you know, yeah. um, which it becomes more and more popular, which I think is a bad way to go for a lot of people. Um, or even like use the stand with with financial planning for businesses. If if you've got a good idea with a solid financial basis the bank will back it. If you don't, yeah. there's, if, if they won't, sorry, there's a good reason for that generally. If you yeah. know better and you've got a way of funding it, then great. But yeah. you know, banks are there to help small businesses generally. I know they might not always seem like it. We've been very lucky in that we've never needed any financing and that's because we built it up. That's because we built it while I worked a full-time job. That's not yeah. necessarily something that people can always do. Um, in terms of financial planning, it's, it's very, very difficult, um, I think, for all businesses, but particularly a stock-based business. So if you're a coach or you provide a service, um, you're only really limited by the volume of that service you can provide, but you don't have to stock yep. up on that service or know which service people are going to want to buy. And one of the things, yep. uh, so my mum runs a business selling dog supplies. My, my, my 
two brothers and my stepdad and uh, sister-in-law and various other people work for that business. And they sell dog stuff. And they're, they're a very big business running to very, very small margins. So I think mm-hmm. their margin's like 5% overall. But they yep. do huge, huge volume. Um, busy fools, my mum likes to call themselves. Um, yeah. and, and their bottlenecks are just the volume of stuff that you can kick out as a team of five people. Um, and and yep. how much margin you can have in that overall. So they've gone into making their own range of products. And um, she always drilled into me: you can't sell what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And for a stock bait business, that is becoming more and more evident for us. The yep. problem you've got because we don't operate on credit and we don't have um, like a, a big loan or anything. If I decide to, because I've had people, someone messaged me the other day, a woman messaged me on Instagram saying that her local shop was out of Glycomax and they had been for, um, like every time they've got it in, it's, uh, they've been out of stock for two months apparently. And it, it's not that the shop's been out of stock for two months, it's that every time she's been in, they've been out of stock because it comes and it goes yeah. out so quickly. And we struggle to keep up with demand on Glycomax because it's quite a labor intensive product. To make a thousand tubs takes a week because we've got, in that particular factory, there's one guy that does that particular type of capsule. And he can do 200 tubs a day because there's 300 capsules in a tub. That's just how long it takes. Um, And there have been some weeks when we've sold 1,000 tubs. And the woman emailed me and said, well, you might want to think about making more. (laughs) This never occurred to you. As simple as that. The pandemic's been interesting. One of the big bottlenecks with Glycomax was actually that everywhere everywhere in the West ran out of red double O capsules. Yeah, yeah. Really stupid. Nobody had any. We ordered from four different companies. And they're all giving the same delivery date. And it's because they were all waiting from the same shipment from, I think, I think it was Singapore or something. Yeah. Um, um, but you guys are like, I'm sorry. But, but if I turned around now and said, right, fuck it, I'm going to make 50,000 tubs of Glycomax and all my money's tied up in Glycomax. And then an influencer posts about support max neuro and I've only got a hundred tubs in stock and I can't afford to make any more. I'm then in a whole world of shit. Yeah. Or if anything else happens with a business or, you know, you've got cash flow predictions, which cash flow is like one of the things that a lot of people, especially when they start a business, don't think to think about. Like cash flow kills more businesses than actually like being shit and not doing any sales. There's so many businesses that go out of business, even though they've got the orders and they can fulfill the orders or give the service or whatever, but it's cash flow that kills them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, especially for you guys and you know us as well like we're very similar in the way that you know cash flow is a thing where we need stock of certain items which need to be paid for and either manufactured or delivered like yeah. i've mentioned that we do a lot but most of our manufacturing is done here yeah. um for all the stuff that we provide here in europe but there's certain things we can't get due to a pandemic one of the things is power bars the other things is we talk about shoulder service and things like yeah. that because of the type of foam they're made out of so literally constantly we've got they come by a boat like a freight container is in a boat. We constantly have boat in the water, but we can't meet the demand of what people want. Like, yeah. And it's not just... And it's not as simple as going, we'll more. just get more. Yeah, yeah, because then we've got to go, okay, well, you know, we'll spend all our money on shoulder savers then. Yeah. We'll just like empty the bank account. Like, I'm, Obviously, I'm making this up and no one's going to do it, but you're not going to spend all your money on shoulder savers because then when the manufacturers go, right, actually, we need steel, no, 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 no. We need to make banana lifts out of shoulder savers. We've yeah. got loads of them. Yeah. Um, and it's a very similar thing that you guys are kind of in product development, logistics, manufacturing, you know, and retail. 
both yeah. physically and which is like a very bizarre that's a lot of businesses kind of to be in or a lot of place to keep spinning all at once yeah. and they all go together so like precisely that if supply chain fails then you don't have mud blah 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 and yeah. i think a lot of people don't realize this is the scale that these are a lot of things that if you don't know how these things work yeah like a lot of people think if i sell a product for 100 pound i've made 100 pound yeah absolutely. Oh, that's how it works if we sell you know, like pounds of product wholesale well, it, it's it's hard to say because before you before you're in profit, you've got operating costs, right? You guys will know the same. You've got warehousing and stuff to pay for. So, um, you know, not to go into to, to particular figures, but um, with with staffing and warehousing and rates and bills and things, um, we've probably got you've probably got six six grand maybe of operating mm -hmm. costs, and then to cover that, you don't yeah. have to sell six grand of product. You have to sell three times that. Um, and that's yep. before you make a penny. Yeah. Um, and that's before even any kind of other business expenses and things come out, such as marketing, paying your accountants, you know, yeah. even stuff like, which is completely new over the, the last few years that business I've really thought about was production of creative that you guys are investing a lot into. You know, yeah. you use Lars and stuff and make great stuff and, you know, the new place that you've got, a lot of it is geared up to be able to do that. No, you're um, absolutely right. But I mean, that's the, the all a whole... cost. Well, we talked a little bit about things we do that don't make business sense. Yeah. And we look, when we were moving to that unit, we looked at another unit that was half the size. And actually, if you yeah. take the gym out yeah. and you take out the office for the Hench Project and you take out the office mm -hmm. for Marcus, yeah. you could easily fit all of that in a unit half the size. That would actually be smaller if you yeah. fall into small business rate relief. We wouldn't have any business rates. That would reduce our operating costs by probably two-thirds in terms of just accommodation and we would still be able to ship out just as many products we'd still be able to do just as much mm -hmm. other stuff but we wouldn't be able to produce any of the content we wouldn't be able to do any of the meets we wouldn't be able to provide the work service we wouldn't be able to provide meeting rooms we wouldn't be able to do anything other than be a warehouse and distribution center and yeah. i think that'd be a real shame would it be the smart move as a business you could argue it might be we could go and film at another gym we could produce content at home. We, there's lots of things you could do. But it just doesn't feel right. No, not at this kind of scale that you guys are. And there's a lot of people who, it's not an all or nothing thing. There's plenty of people who should be producing these things in, you know, basements and garages and gyms if you don't have, like, you know, big, shiny, beautiful, strong headquarters. But, like, we joke, like, I was very lucky to go see the new place before you guys moved in when it was a yeah. shell. And I remember thinking, uh, like, holy shit, this is massive. You know, like, this is... Because obviously I went to the old unit and I was like, like, it must be four times the size. It's actually the same yeah. size. Never really. Within, within 10 to no. It's exactly the same size. No. Just in a much right, less okay. stupid layout. Yeah. Um, but then when I was down last and you just got deliveries and stuff in, we were joking that you've already run out of space. You know what I mean? So if you would have stayed, where would you grow? And logistically, you can, again, can only sell what you have. Yeah. So yeah. unless you're paying for warehousing somewhere else to start product, and then you've got bears backwards and forwards, or, you know, yeah. and all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Or stock take and all that kind of shit. Like, it's I mean, you know, like short more term, and more problems. Short term, there's stuff we can do. So where we have the pallets of whey, there's actually the height there mm -hmm. to install another run of racking. So we could have yeah 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 there's stuff, there is, yeah, there's stuff yeah, we can do yeah. short term long term um we'll, we'll probably need to take on one of the units next door 
Yeah, uh, and you've got that option. You know what I mean. And it's um, it's great where it's you know pretty easy to get to where you are for like delivery APC and stuff like that. You it's wicked. Uh, it's really great. really good, and it's one of the scariest business decisions we've ever made because. So we, the old unit we were in when lockdown happened, the rent there was um, it was under five hundred quid a month because um, there'd been a cock up basically with the landlords where. Um, Effectively, they'd misadvertised the property when we moved in, and and there was some stuff that wasn't quite right about it. So they ended up just saying like, "Oh, we don't know what's going on with these units long term. You can have five hundred quid," um, and the rates were free because of the pandemic. So we were in a situation where, hey, you know what? If we had to shut down because of COVID or whatever, our overheads are minimal. Or mm-hmm. just if business went shit and I had to go back to just me doing retail and sending a few parcels out, you'd cope. Yeah. You, your, your overheads cut down to nothing. Now we're not in that situation. We can't ever just shut the doors for a month. Yeah. Um, we were kind of, you know, talking about the pandemic, like it hit everybody. Um, obviously, we're in manufacturing, you know. So when they closed all that, basically we geared up to, you know, these are all the products that we do look how beautiful, nice and shiny they are. Well, we're going to close all the gyms and we're not going to allow you to do manufacturing. Yeah. Um, but we were lucky that we just got a full stock bands back in and obviously like as everything happened like every pt with an instagram account was doing banding workouts for it yeah yeah so we were quite lucky in that respect but yeah no it's um, it's hit different people differently but it certainly makes you think about um overheads and sustainability when when cash flow disappears certainly it's one of the things that Um, made me really look at and people don't realize especially like in product businesses like a lot of people are just doing online service business which is fine you know, absolutely, you know that I've got no problem with that. Uh, but when it comes to, like, bricks and mortar proper businesses, you know, there's a difference. Like, we had a chat before, and you mentioned it on your Instagram, so I don't mind talking about it, is resellers coming yeah. to you, you know, want to sell prom, strong stuff, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, you know, I'm sorry, but we're not in – I'm not attaching you to our brand because you yeah, are well, – there's, there's professional. You know, there's professionalism to, to think about. But the other thing to think about with it is the businesses that support us, the businesses that have supported us from the start have got staff, they've got families, they've got rates to pay, they've got VAT to pay because if you're a reseller, you're not going to be fucking back registered. I'd be very surprised if half of them are registered for anything. Um, Yeah. yeah. So even if you're selling for the same price as the people that have supported us from the start, they've got families and kids and tax and rates to pay, you're you're not paying VAT. So you're kind of ahead of them on margin Mm. already. Um, Mm. The consumer's got very little in the way of comeback if you know there's a problem. Um, yeah. It's not that we don't support online sellers. There are some online sellers that we support that are very good, that do things in the right way. Yeah. But we're certainly a lot stricter yeah. about who can and can't have an account now. Um, yeah. You know, if we are like... Seller, you, one of the things we say is you need to have a website if you're an online seller. Because there were some that just yeah. sold via DMs on Instagram, which we don't allow anymore. Um, mm. And if you're an online seller, then we will check the website to make sure there is a proper returns policy because that's something that's a legal requirement. Yeah. Um, because uh, if they don't have that, if they don't have that, then then people, if they have a problem, come back to us. And if yeah. that's the case, we might as well have just sold the product direct to them and had a full retail margin, quite frankly. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's the, the you know the argument we made. Why should I give you our product for me to essentially take money out of my daughter's mouth to give you it, like? persuade me you know and we currently um how how many people do you think uh, we have the online retailers that carry our stock 
Honestly, I don't know. I thought we were special. Uh, you are. As of today, you are the only one. Oh, well, there you go. And I say so, that because I had a quick Google and I only found your website. Yeah, and we are very, very particular about that. Like, don't get me wrong, like, some apparel and stuff go and accessories goes into gyms and stuff, yeah. like, you know, to their members. But as far as it goes for people who are going to sell our stuff online and yeah. you know there's i like we were talking about before i had to sit and make the case for us doing it with you yeah like you know it wasn't just a case of, oh yeah we're trying to do products, it understand them mm-hmm. um you know i yeah uh, once we've got it in I'll, I'll sit down and talk through the bits that i use and over time we'll talk through the rest of the stuff the shoulder saver is something that that we use on a regular basis so you know we're happy to yeah. stand by that product because we use it and we would we would buy one again if we didn't have one yeah, it was. It's one of those products that we've got that a lot of people don't really understand until they actually try using it. You know, it's like it looks just like a basic thing. It's like on the initial, initially looking at it, you go, "Well, I can use a piece of wood." Yeah, but it works so much better than a piece of wood that your mate holds. Yeah, and it's for a start. Boards, it's like you know, there's. I don't want to go into product selling, like you know, board shift, and you know, you can rest it on bars easier and stuff. Like yeah. Reese had a version of a shoulder saver by another brand that I won't mention. Yeah. Um. But obviously, I said to him, "Try this," and he was like, "Yeah, okay." Like, well, that one's not been used something. since. Yeah. Um. And will you get like? I know that if I give you, I would never give you guys anything that I had any doubt on. Because uh, you would turn around and tell me, Mike, this is shit. What have you given me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah um, but that's amazing because then I know that everything that I give you is, you will tell me if it's appalling. Like, well, we don't do appalling, us, so I'm not really worried about it. But the only thing that you've given us that I'm not sold on yet um, is the clips. And that's not because there's anything wrong with them. They're very, very, very good. Like, really good. Yeah. I'm just not yeah. convinced by the price point versus the the ones you get with the screw. Yeah, so they, they, they the shark, really well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shark collars, which are a different kind of clip. Basically, what they're designed for is in the US when you get specialty bars, um, they require different size collars. Like the collars that you are talking about won't fit on it. Like probably don't fit on our safety squat bar you've got in the gym yeah. and stuff like that. Like um, and the lockjaw ones don't and things like that. So they're designed that'll fit any bar or anything that you need. Also, they're a lot quicker for like people who do speed work and things like that. I use them just one of those products. They're very, very good. It's, you know, I, I can't fault the product. It's just sitting there going out of my own money. Would I pay the retail price for that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. They are, they are expensive, you know, paying 50 quid for a pair of clips is expensive. Conversation before about the Ferrari, you know, there will be enough people out there that want the Ferrari. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, and if you don't want them, then that's absolutely fine. You know, we're not, it's something that we've made that we thought was cool that a lot of people like. Yeah. No, they, they but, certainly you know. Um, and we, we had a good wiggle about with them to see if they'll come loose or anything. They absolutely won't. Um, and well, We've had some people who really, yeah, because they're quite weird when you first get hold of them, you think, I don't understand how this will clip onto a bar. Yeah. Because it kind of like opens and closes without like a clip of any kind of yeah. thing. Like if they, you know, it's, uh, but then when you put it on, you're like, you know, it's quite a cool thing. But the one question we uh, have is the, the white kind of the plastic nub in them. Does that wear down over time or need changing? Is that a replaceable part? We no, it won't. Like if it ever did and anything happened, we would just swap it. Right. Like we would. Um, but no, it won't. The like 
you know, I joked before, like we have a terrible business model that everything lasts forever. Yeah. Like when you have a bar, yeah. you will never replace it. Like we, we literally have people who are messages and say, oh, we've tore one of your pads on the safety squat bar. Can we have a replacement? Yeah. Who are first like, right, we know you haven't unless you took a knife to it. Yeah. Um, uh, but we say, yes, you would give us your order number. And if it is, like, we'll happily swap it. And magically, all these people don't have one because they've got other bars and just want the pads for a different safety squat bar. Yeah. Um, And so if there's anything wrong with it, we will just replace it. Same as, like, anything, like, I think one of the – I can't remember what I bought for you guys. It was, like, when I very first started buying from Strom, it didn't come with a scoop in it. Yeah. And I was like – and you were like, no, I'll just send you one. Like, what's your address? I'll just send you a scoop. Yeah, and I was like, no, mate, honestly, I'll just use like a teaspoon or whatever. Like, uh, like I didn't know if it was a thing or I've got to dig around in it or whatever. You know, but it's like things a funny one because it basically it happens if we're really busy and I'm on at the factory going, come on, pull your fucking fingers out. Because the man who puts the scoop in, he's he's not your best man on the line. Yeah. Your job, Mongo, is to put the scoop in the tub. Okay, boss. Um, so occasionally yeah. Mongo misses a scoop. Um, and it, it's yeah. always if I've been on at them to pull the finger out. Um, we have talked about doing scoopless tubs and also doing bags of refills to refill existing tubs. Loads of tubs. Yeah. And See, I use your tubs to put stuff in after they're empty. People extra. don't want them. Um, trading standards or food hygiene, food, food standards agency aren't keen on the whole refilling tubs thing. Yeah. Um, and although some consumers had said, so we basically said that we could just, we could just hold a stock of, tub, of scoops, right? Um, mm-hmm. So we could get printed on every tub, the scoop size, like on a little box, you know, like a, a little square on the front. Yeah. Um, this, is a, this is a scoop number one. This is a scoop number two. This is a scoop number three. And then when you order your products, you could select from a drop down whether you wanted a scoop for that product or not. Say you ordered three tubs of pre-workout. They always the same scoop. We put in one number two scoop. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Consumers kind of were okay with that idea, but retailers absolutely mm-hmm. didn't want the hassle. No. And uh, again, that comes back to, like, back to business practices that I don't think a lot of pe- people realize. Like if you order from uh, an unnamed large brand that begins with an M in the UK, uh, you get it in bags. You don't get it in tubs anymore. Yeah. And I imagine one of the greatest reasons is bags are a lot cheaper than tubs for businesses. Yeah. You know what? If so, same as resealed perfectly, I'd consider using bags. Yeah, um, but again, a lot of people don't realise like small things like that, like that you think, you know, like we did the mass before. If we we didn't put any of our prices up during pandemic, but we yeah. realised that if we put fifty pounds a band on, we would have made money of like so much money. It would have been There's, insane. I, I don't know if and, it's true. I don't know if it's true or not. I like to think it is. Um, but there was a, a story about a marketing consultant that was brought into a toothpaste company to look at ways of improving. <laughs> Uh, turnover and um, mm-hmm. he just increased the size of the nozzle on the toothpaste from I think it was like 9 mil to 10 mil yeah yeah because everyone uses the same amount that they've always used it's just a little bit more coming yeah. out so they, they yeah. buy an extra tub a year or whatever um, yeah, yeah. all adds up but it's also kind of well, it's the same as like do things. yeah because you've got integrity but we you know how many times do people more our Mars bars are getting smaller every year tubs of rose at Christmas yeah. The other year. yeah but you're still buying dickheads you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're still paying the same money. They just reduce it by a third every year and make a third more profit. Um, yeah. But a lot of people don't realize that, you know, you are not doing these things. Or, like, I imagine a scoop 
has a price for every tub that it goes into. How you get it sealed has a specific price and yeah, labeling I mean, even is another the little, thing. You know, you know we I mean? put the plastic shrink wrap seals on. Yeah, so yeah. Not a requirement. We do the heat seals on the inside and then the induction seal on the inside. Yeah. You only have to do one or the other. But we do yeah, both yeah. because it means if one goes, it's not a problem. But you'll still get someone to go, oh, the induction seal on the inside's popped. So I want another tub. Yeah. yeah. The customer's always right. Where you know, where possible, if they're a good customer, yeah. you'll do your very best to to keep them happy. But um like it doesn't matter. You're you're not gonna die. Nothing bad has happened. Um, <laughs> I know, but it's it's these things that people when they're going to start businesses about think about businesses don't realise that a thing. We, we've been very lucky um in in that our volumes have grown as material prices have gone up. So material, raw materials for supplement prices, some in particular, have gone up dramatically in the last five years. But we've also yep. grown as a business. So that economies of scale has played in and it's allowed us to yep. not increase prices. We've not dropped them, we've not increased, and prices have just stayed the same because yep. our volume has gone up as material costs have gone up. So our, yep. it, it's averaged out to be about the same. The one exception is Carbomax, which has now got to the point where I literally might as well not sell it. Yeah, I think um, our margin in the product is uh, it, it's around four and a half percent. Yeah, which is I am again that you could stop doing that and save X amount of money that you're putting into getting it developed. We could but just there's all the people who love Carbomax. We could we yeah, could change it to which six, I've asked you before. So um, um, Carbomax uh, on our wholesale pricing, we're making one pound and thirty p. Yeah. And we could change it to cyclic dextrin and make over a tenner. Yeah. But I don't it's, like cyclic dextrin. Enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you stay true to kind of what you're on about. Like on our website, one thing that we haven't had all pandemic and still currently don't have is weight plates. Yeah. Which is fucking bananas. Like, and the reason being is if anybody's gone to buy a weight plate before the pandemic, although they paid about two or three pounds a kilo. You will now pay four to six easy if you can yeah. get them. Maybe like if you can get them, um, like so we haven't because we know that we can get the decent ones that we would get without having to charge absolutely horrendous money to people. Yeah. And it's and but yeah, I, really I know that we could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we could sell them. We could like we could go tomorrow and get place like there's place where we can get them made, or we could yeah. get really shitty ones fabricated because people are. Um, and I know that I could message every gym that I deal with, um, or that we've got on the UK mail. Yeah, we've got two pallets of plates on Monday, right? Price is four pound a kilo, like six fifty a kilo. Who wants them? We'd sell it all. Like, but then what had happened is after that is when people go to look back on it, they go, "You know what? Those assholes sold me like plates for yeah. this amount of money." Like, and now they've dropped the price back down. Yeah. Um, um, people don't forget that, you know. No, no, they don't, absolutely don't. Um, I'm going to have to wrap this up now because I am yeah. One last thing before yeah. we do. How do you feel about going yeah. into lockdown on Monday? What, as in, if we are going to go into lockdown? Uh, well, no, it's just the North. I, I, read, I read the news just before we came on, and apparently Boris has announced from okay. Monday, Newcastle, Manchester, and something else. And you're Newcastle, basically, aren't you? Um, Nearly, yeah, yeah. So where I actually am, the town that I live in, basically we're between two towns that are both in local lockdown now. So they're saying that it's going to be law, rule of three from Monday and all the pubs yeah, are going to close. Um, yeah, which would be fucking bedlam if they close the pubs. But yeah. However, 
like Middlesbrough that's pretty close to me. They couldn't really keep that in lockdown to start with. Like they were still having street parties and shit, you know what I mean? It's like the Wild West. So yes, they'll probably do it, but... At the risk of getting political, if everyone just turns around mm. and says, fuck off, there's nothing they yeah, can yeah. do. And I kind of said that from well, the yeah, like I think a lot of people don't realise is that they literally don't have the power or the police power to police it. Like they can't; easy. they just physically don't have the numbers. It's very easy to police a small group of people saying no, and everyone reaches yeah. the point at which they say no at different points. So it's easy to deal with those groups individually. But if everyone all together yeah. at the same time, because we're all we're all calling it as bullshit now, everybody's been yeah. saying everybody is now at the point where they're saying. Let's protect the vulnerable and let everyone else carry on. Everyone just turns and says, yeah, yeah. Hey, you're all right, Boris. There's literally nothing he could do. Like, like, don't get me wrong, I don't want to turn it into a COVID thing because I'll have you on all night. And all. Um, but it, a lot of it is like, I looked through the day because I was, I was showing like my mum's stuff. I was saying, look, like it's not even in the top 20 of deaths in the UK at the moment. You no. are more likely to be killed by driving your car and you get in it every fucking day. Don't you know what I mean? Car, like, yeah, never ever drive your car. How many people get flu? Like, mum, have you had your flu jab yet? Which you get for free now. Yeah, no, not yet. But, we have but, a vaccine yeah, fucking it's, for it. It's in like the in... international medical journal, and so one of the big things going around in March time was that having yeah. the flu increases your chance of complications from COVID by four times. Yeah, yeah. That, that's still a thing. So, We're just not talking about that now. Yeah. No, no. But a lot of people are talking about the vaccine. Now that cancer would be fine when we go. Got a flu vaccine that kills 100,000 people a year. Yeah. It's um, more than what COVID's killed already. You know, well, I don't know that actually, but I believe it's similar. Um, it's mind blowing. Really is mind blowing. And on that, yeah, happy yeah, day, yeah. Thank you very much for coming on, Mike. Yeah. If you do. No worries, mate. I'm sorry I babble on so much. It's all right. It's, uh, it's kind of our thing. It's been my first strong cast in a while. If you are interested in speaking to Mike about Elite FTS kit, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, you can either go on the website, um, which is elitefts.co.uk, drop us a message there. Anything on social media, which is elitefts.uk, or you can get in touch with me directly, which is mleng, which is l-e-n-g, at elitefts.net. I am not Chinese for people who ask. He's, no, he's not. This point, he's just small. No. And um, keep your eyes peeled on the strong website for some Elite FTS knee sleeves, wrist wraps knee wraps and bands yeah uh and the same we're uh, going to be we're lucky that we're going to be dealing with strom ourselves my plan now is to just hard glycomax for months um one of those so fucking online reselling bell ends <laughs> yeah just have it and not list it for months but i've got yeah. loads and then when everyone runs out i'll you know sell for crazy like the price That's up the yeah 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 that's what i'm going to do now. um and on right, that note, thanks so much for having me good night from me <laughs>